Hey guys, welcome back to Just the Good Stuff. This is your host, Rachel Mansfield. And well, I guess you could say this is one of your hosts since Jordan is officially on the bi-weekly podcast episodes now too. I wonder if I should have them start doing the intros with me now that I'm thinking about it. But anywho, in today's episode, we are chatting with the Jenny Mullen. Jenny is one of my favorite Instagram personalities to follow. I have been following her now for a few years now. I think ever since I gave birth to Ezra. I love her approach to motherhood. She's so funny. She is such a spitfire. She's one of my go-to Instagram personalities to follow. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and she's most recently known for her newest book, Dictator Lunches. In this episode, we chat all about why she wrote Dictator Lunches, her approach to motherhood, living in the city with her family, her marriage, Jason Biggs, and so much more. If you like this episode, let us know what you think. And don't forget to tag me and Jenny when you're listening. And I hope you guys are loving the podcast, being fully back in action now. We got a lot of good episodes planned for the next few weeks. And through, I would say, I think until like March, we're podcast planning right now. So very excited. And if you do enjoy this episode and the podcast in general, and you have like 30 seconds to a minute and you want to rate and review it on iTunes, that always means the world to me. And pretty much that means the world to any podcast host because ratings and reviews is another way on how I could feel like more connected to the listeners, see what you guys are loving, hear from you always open to any guests that you want to see or topics, let us know. And I will stop talking now and let's dive into today's episode. This is my husband, Jordan. Hi. Nice to meet you. Welcome to our co-host. I am the co-host. Obsessed. Oh my God. Jason and I have tried to do things like this before, but like we end up getting in fights and then the guest just like stares at us like awkwardly. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, some- no promises today. <laughs> <laughs> you see the distance of like the gap between us right now, so you're not getting us on the best day. Okay. Um, oh, I love it. No, guys, I live this. I'm so I'm 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 into it. <laughs> it's just, oh, so Jordan's been working with me for a year now. We've been together for twelve and a half years. Okay, it's a long time. Yeah, long, long time. time. Oh, two kids, another one on the way. And it's, it's a lot of, a lot of togetherness. Um, oh my God. But, another one on the way. Mm-hmm. How far along are you? 26 weeks. <gasps> Congrats. Do you know what you're having? So we do. We haven't told anyone. We okay. just found out what, like a month, a month ago? ago. So we were actually pregnant, excuse me, with twins. Okay which would have been wild going from two kids to four kids under the age of four. Oh my um, God. And then we lost one of the twins. So we couldn't do a lot of like the testing for like the blood work for like yeah. the and whatever. So we found out at like 22, excuse me, 22 weeks, uh, the sex. And at that point, I'm just like, you guys can wait. Like we will. And yeah. now yeah, totally when the baby's born. So this is one of the twins. It's one of the twins. You yeah. didn't have to. Okay, good. So, okay, good. Great. Oh, wonderful. So wonderful. Wow, that's amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Did you know the gender with your boys? I was like psycho. I was like, literally, I had to know immediately. But Jason cried both times because we have two boys and he thought he wanted a girl. And every single, both times, it was like as if he, somebody told him that his mother had passed. I mean, he was devastated. He's like, what am I going to do with a boy? I don't even understand men so between two sisters, you know? So he's, he's definitely more of a girl. 
And, um, you know, he's an actor, child actor. Like, what was he going to do with a boy? But he loves them now. He just wishes that he had a daughter. <laughs> Are you guys done having kids? I don't know. I mean, my, my eldest is eight. And he says to me, oh, I want a sister. I want a sister. I've seen so many cute ones. Like, as if he's, like, browsing in Target. Like, I could just pick one up. <laughs> If oh. only it's that easy. I mean, Ezra, he's three and a half and he went and told his whole class that he has a sister coming when I wasn't even pregnant at that point in time. And I'm just like, dude, you can't tell people that. Yeah, yes. The teacher was congratulating Rachel. Yeah. She's like, For okay, I'm not pregnant. Are you kidding me? So awkward. Did you know you guys wanted a third? Yeah. We've always said three to four. Okay. That's three. <laughs> How He's old are you guys? In the car with four. I'm 32. Okay. He's 33. Oh, perfect. You guys are in the prime. You guys could have six, seven, eight. Yeah. Maybe with Rachel's second or third Pregnancy is just like so physically taxing. It is like my, I constantly feel like my uterus is going to fall out as I'm standing up. Like yes. the baby's going to fall out. I. It's so painful. I've had hemorrhoids like already. Yes. Oh your my body, gosh. Your body doesn't fuck around the second, the third time around. No, it's, dude. Three kids oh in four years is, um, it's, it's, it's a lot. Are you, would you freeze your eggs just in case? Mm, well, if I, actually, no, that's actually a rest Uh, if I were 30 and like just got married and didn't yeah. want kids, I would freeze my eggs. But I think I don't. And I'm sure you could relate. Like, I don't want to like push our luck. Like we have two. Yeah. Children. Totally. I know it's like yeah. a loaded thing to say, but we have like two children, like no allergies, like nothing, yeah. not a concern. Knock on wood. Yes. yes. I just like, don't want to push our luck with it. Like, mm-hmm. and then like, losing one of the babies with this, like, I know it's super common yeah. Ever since we were talking about it. Like people were like, Oh, it happened to me too, whatever. But I don't know. I just feel like three is good. If like a fourth happens, like we did fertility treatment. Like I'm not going to the doctor for the fourth. Right. An immaculate conception happens for us, then it'll be great. We'll see. But I only say this because like, I never really wanted kids. I was like, not, I don't know. I just didn't, I had never really held a baby before I had my own kids. And I was 35 when I had Sid and 38 when I had Laszlo. And now I'm like, I wish I would have frozen those eggs when I was younger, because honestly you do, you go through this, like I have two kids. I'm all I ever want. I mean, two feels like, you know, an army already. And I didn't think I wanted more, but now Jason and I are at this point where we're watching Laszlo. He's five. And I'm thinking, I want one more Laszlo. I don't want a second Sid, but like another Laszlo I could handle. And I'm like, Oh God, I wish I had younger eggs. Is Sid a lot I never harder? thought I would want that. Pardon? Is Sid harder? Like a more challenging? Oh, yeah. He's so emo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> so emo. Oh my God. Yes. Did you ever see the movie Fear with Mark Wahlberg where he's like obsessed with Reese Witherspoon to the point where like, if he can't have her, nobody can? No. Oh, no. That's Sid with me. <laughs> really? <laughs> Twisted. But all I'm suggesting is maybe if you, you're so young and you have great eggs, if I would just put one on ice, just in case, who knows? 
keep them in the freezer. And then I, I feel like I'm going to feel obligated to I have know. them because I'm going to feel bad. Like, oh, but like, they're just sitting there. Like they want to come out and play. Like, they're jilting me. <laughs> That's true. You know, but then like a lot of my friends who've done IVF, they have frozen embryos still, but like they're done having kids. I'm like, well, yeah, what, what do they do, they do with all these embryos? Like they're what just sitting there. <gasps> you could donate them. Yeah. To, like, science or research. Um, you could like dispose of them. Like, I don't, it could be help later on down the road. You know how like you, you like keep your cord blood. Could a frozen embryo do anything later? At least get you like a really good facial maybe. I don't think so. I don't think so. I could ask our fertility doctor. You guys should uh, do some research on that. Back yeah. Research for it. I don't know. I research. Can you actually, imagine having a third kid. Like, I like. I feel like by the time I'm like in ten years, I want to be like going on vacation. I don't want to be changing diapers. I want to be like never thinking about breastfeeding again. Yes, and I felt that way for many years. But now that both of mine are like up and running, I walk past a baby. And I'm telling you, I'm the last person on earth to say this, but I walk past a little baby and I'm like, give me that baby. Like I want a little, just a, uh. so I'm telling you it's insane. I, I literally almost had my, um, my tubes taken out like twice. I, I've scheduled that surgery and now who am I? It's insane. So I do think that like when your kids start to get to that point, yeah. you suddenly like long for I don't know, just shrinking them back. <laughs> do, you like, do you like the newborn phase? No, I didn't even like the newborn phase. I like the like two, three, four phase. Yeah, that's, that's the cutest oh, yeah. phase. Yeah, like Brody's 18, almost 19 months. And I just, yeah. like, it sounds like such an asshole. I'm like, he's finally, like, he's fun now. Like, he's right. fun because he's a really, our seconds also like really easy. Yeah. Um, but he's just so much more animated and like has personality has come out to play the new word yes. sucks. Totally. Yeah. They're just like a head that you just carry around. It's like a yeah. mini, it's like one of those mini handbags that doesn't even work or carry anything in it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like just for looks. You know, I was like, we're going to be pushing two strollers around. It's going to, it's going to be interesting. But <laughs> oh, that, was, God. that was like why we left an apartment. One of those wheelbarrow things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Sorry. (laughs) But you guys aren't in Tribeca now. So we were in the city when we got married. I mean, technically I'm interviewing you, but I'll just show this anyway. Uh, We were in the city in Chelsea and then Battery Park and then Hoboken. Lived in Hoboken for four years, four and a half years. uh, Sold our apartment and built a new home in Milburn, New Jersey. So we're like 25 Mm -hmm. minutes outside Manhattan. Do you love it there? obsessed Absolutely. i need to look rachel, need to go out there. rachel was You're so welcome to come. she was so miserable when we were gonna move yeah like, literally we complain about it every day it's like suicidal about leaving like a city urban yeah. setting like i'm like i'm gonna be a loser like i'm gonna be like a super yeah. housewife like how am i gonna right. do this like i have to drive a car places and I was talking to one of my good friends still lives in Flatiron and she's like, I'm just so happy for you because you just like sound like a better person. And it's true. Like God, yeah. you have a house, you have space, you have like the access to do so much more. There's less hustle and bustle. Your kids, it's so much easier for our kids totally. when it comes to like school, like our nanny, the feasibility of things. I don't know. I just feel more like at peace here. But like, I think yeah. that when our kids are in college, like I would love to retire in the city. Like I want to go back. Yeah. 
then it makes sense. But right now they're like animals climbing up the ceiling. It's just, it's insane. Are you getting itchy in the city? Like, do you want to? Yes. I think now we are. Jason's from Jersey. He grew up in um, Hasbrook Heights area. Morgan County. Exactly. So, you know, his parents are still over there, but he keeps saying to me, he's like, there's nowhere in Jersey that you would be happy. And I don't know if that's true. I don't believe him, but he does. But I, well, I mean, the food selection isn't great. I have to say. The no. food is not great. The food's not great at all. But like, we have anxiety. <laughs> like, we drive, like, yeah, it's 20, 25 minutes. But like, you're in the suburbs. Everything's 20, 25 minutes away from you anyways. Anyway, but yeah. We went to MSG last weekend. So we're a 25, 30 minute train ride. Like, we're a mile. Our house is a mile from the train. So it's like a really big, like we're in Short Hills, Milburn. So it's like a very desirable, like, yeah, I was just in Short Hills. I love that mall. So <laughs> I yeah, we're like, saw we're seven, that you were there. We're seven minutes from the mall. Seven minutes from that mall. That's like our, I was, oh. that's our mall. We were in Italy and I was going to go to your book signing at the Williams. No, I was like, it's oh. minutes from here. Um, but that's, that's where we live. We live. Oh my God. I would, I would feel safe there. That feels like a nice area. Yeah, you're not like a total loser, but like also everyone that we've met is like has had the same progression. Like everyone was in the city for like yeah. 10 years and then like wanted more space, had kids, but still yes, exactly still want to have like roots to New York City. So right. Kind of like in the same mentality. But so, I think what's yeah. interesting though is like now that Ezra's in school and like we're meeting a lot more people, my so our social life is 10 times better here. I also noticed that like everyone that lives here is from here. It's weird. They like grew wow. in Short Hills, Milburn or Livingston, uh-huh. went to college, like lived in the city or somewhere else. And then like got married, got pregnant and came back to where they live, which I would never go back to my childhood town to Me live there. in a million years. Yeah. Everyone goes back, comes back here. And like they're okay. raised in this area and they come back to raise their own family, which I think says a lot about the area. Everything. Totally. That's so interesting. I know. I, yeah, I have friends from Livingston as well. Then that's right there near you guys. Yeah. I go, I get my nails on Livingston. How funny. Yeah. It's a great okay. place. I need I to come check it out. But I like it. It's very Jewish area. That's for I sure. Love that. I feel only safe around Jews. <laughs> are you Jewish? Oh, you are Jewish. My husband's not, even though he's played a Jew in everything he's ever done. So I was listening. Oh, so you're going to type this. Like that. Yeah, he's like podcast. the face of every Jewish American boy. <laughs> you would think he's Jewish. I did think he was Jewish. I was psyched. I'm like, oh, perfect. You're exactly my type. And then I found out he was like a, a crazy Italian. That's so funny. I would have had no similar actually. Like if you meet the family, it's like Italians and Jews aren't that different. That's true. Yeah. Shove a plate of food in your face as soon as you want. Food still equals love. (laughs) So how is your book launch dictator lunches? How is it going? It's so insane. I mean, I never, I always say like, if somebody had told me at 16, I would write a book about feeding kids. I would have laughed in their faces. It's insane. But um, it's amazing. The name is purely, it's amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. I know it was definitely, I did GMA yesterday and the guy, it was, he was a little turned off by the name, the guy interviewing me. And I said, don't you have kids? Like any mom out there understands that this is literally what it is like having a child you are living in a dictatorship so uh you know i mean some people get it other people are a little like wait whoa you're 
you're you're kind of gnarly with this, but it's no, kind of, it's but an interesting experience. I like the name. I, I always call Ezra our dictator. So like, yeah. I really resonated when I saw that you had the Instagram account that was about this, and then your book was called this. Like, this is perfect. Um, <laughs> you're like your son, your kids should they dictate every single thing? They dictate what they want to eat, what you want to eat, what you're gonna do, what you're not gonna yeah. do, everything. And it's like, it just goes with it. But it's definitely like our, our like people of this generation, like parenting today, it feels like you're living in a dictatorship. I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, I always say to Sid, like, you know, do you know what I did on the weekends? And he's like, what? And I said, well, whatever my parents wanted to do, I didn't like cater to them. So it's like, this is boring. What, you know, I want activities. I want this. I want that. And I'm like tap dancing for him, but I don't recall anybody doing that for me. So I think it's really maybe specific to this generation of parents. Yeah, I think my, my it's funny because like my parents are really, really close with my kids and they're here all the time, like hanging out, yeah. seeing them, whatever. And when I was growing up, my dad is like, they're so different with my kids than they were with us. Like they didn't care about our opinions. Like they didn't know thing. But the second Ezra Brody is going to do something like, okay, well, we'll just do this instead. I'm like, I don't know how to say it like that. Like that is just not, that's not cool. But they're suddenly so accommodating. (laughs) You want to like do like independence and like make your decisions and whatever. But like today, Ezra, he's so fixated on having yogurt for breakfast that like, I made like this Halloween themed lunchbox and it had yogurt for his lunch. Yeah. He was so thrown off about not having yogurt for breakfast this morning. He threw his breakfast. Oh my God. That's awesome. He was like, I need my yogurt. And we're like, you're having yogurt for lunch with your lunch. It's yeah. a dip. Like, calm down. But like, yes, you're opinionated. They're feisty little mofo. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Your pop tarts, I have to say, are like my favorite thing ever. Really? Thank you. I'm obsessed with them. I love Pop-Tarts. The jam inside? It's all so good. Pop-Tarts are amazing. And a lot of the brands that we're like, we, so we have a VC fund that we invest in a lot of like smaller startup companies. Yeah. And they all want to come out with healthier Pop-Tarts. I'm like, thank you. Somebody needs oh. to make Pop-Tarts and package them and like sell them to the masses. That's not made with like processed shit. Right. Oh my God. There's so much food shit that I like want to make that is not on the market. <laughs> it's so annoying. What do you think is like missing that you would want to make? That you like? <laughs> well, first of all, I think that there, you know, it's like, there are so many puffs, but I feel like there needs to be, you know, you know, like how the, those, this water that came out, it's literally just like the, all in the marketing, this, um, liquid death. Yeah. Yes. Like he, I didn't know what it was until a week ago. Rachel, thought, yeah. it was, Rachel thought it was a beer. I think it's genius. I think it's genius. And I don't understand why like the health space has always marketed towards uh, moms when like they should be targeting kids like that. My kid wants that water now, you know, it's and and so like that's the kind of stuff that like, you know, I, I feel like with dictator that I want to do is like get into making healthy shit look bad for you, <laughs> because I think so much of it is in the marketing. Yeah, no, it's very true. I also think there's just like a lack of snacks and drinks targeted towards like the age of no, you know, like 13. Yeah, I know. It looks, it all looks like generic. I bought it in bulk at like my health food store, and that's boring. I know. Are you so is Sid a picky eater? 
No, Sid's like a hyper, Sid's like a sense, very sensory. So he's like a hyper taster, you know, Jason will make a pasta sauce. And he's like, I did something different. Can you tell what's different about it? And Sid, I'm sitting there. It looks like red sauce to me. And Sid's like, yes, mint. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird. So Sid and Sid eats like a ton of crazy stuff. Uh, Laszlo was the one that is like Julius Caesar, where it's like, you did it. And then thumbs down, you did it. And then it gets thrown across the room. It's so funny. It's like Brody. Like our first is so easy with food. Uh, and our second is like very opinionated. Yeah. He's really? like, I'm all squishy bread. <laughs> he doesn't, he's like squishy bread. It's like Hawaiian bread. Just like the shittiest bread. This isn't squishy bread. <laughs> Sorry. But like Brody will love something one day and the next day you give it to him. And he's like, why would you ever give this to me again? More than one day in a row. And like, I'll eat the same thing every day for the next 500 years and be fine. Me too. And Brody needs so much. Like he needs so many options. Like can't eat the same thing. I'm just like, this is horrible. I meal prep everything. So that gets like a little challenging. And Ezra just eats like he's going to the electric chair, but he's fixated with hollow. <laughs> like he's going to the electric chair is amazing. Always, always. Uh, he had a tantrum at like taught Shabbat the other week because I wouldn't give him the entire loaf of challah. I gave him like- a challah is like our lifeblood. <laughs> that is so funny. Do you make your own challah? I don't because like it's so easy in the city. It's I get it from breads bakery. Do you like breads? Where do you, where did you guys get your follow when you were here? Oh, one of my friends does the PR for breads. So she would like generously send it a lot, which is Danielle. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. 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 But then Jordan has celiac as of a year ago. So it got a little awkward. So we like never had a food allergy and like in like with us or like our kids, like our brothers are just nuts, but like, that's like easy to navigate for him. But Jordan was having horrible stomach issues. And I jokingly was like, can you just stop eating something? Cause like you fart all the time. You're so bloated. I can't listen to you complain. And so he's cut out gluten and like, what was like 10 days later, you felt better. Oh yeah. Within like a week, I lost like this, like full, like sheer bloat. And like, yep. I looked like I was like ripped. I'm like, this is awesome. And, um, and like, I haven't eaten it basically since. And <gasps> it's like completely changed. Like, so you've had it your whole life? I, I'm, I mean, I must've had it like. To some extent. I remember from like, from college on always bitching about like feeling like shit. And I didn't do anything for like 12 years. And then Rachel's like, I, during COVID, she's like, I cannot I listen literally to you. Gonna divorce she's him. like, I'm looking at the time and all you do is complain, like do something about it. But he also just like, didn't look good. And he's not like a big eater. Like he's not someone who's just like, he wasn't putting yeah, weight. Something's up. Yeah. Like he, I remember <laughs> there's a story he was driving home and he was like, Hey, can you heat up the leftover pizza from last night? And I literally said to him on the phone, no. Because he looked like, just didn't look like himself. I was like, I'm going to make you like a soup and a salad. Distended. Oh my yeah. God. Wait, I'm dying. So did you ever test for SIBO? Oh, I don't know. No, I don't think no. so. What he, is SIBO? Sounds familiar. Small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Oh. Did the gastro test? Like a breath no, test? No, he didn't. Did you have it? For me. I had it. It was crazy. And I also had this weird distension, but mine I think was connected to my thyroid being off. So I, they tested me for celiac and I didn't have celiac, but I had the same thing where I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. The minute I eat, I was like, my stomach, 
was just distended. And um, yeah, I went on antibiotics. I did, I did so much. Finally, I started taking Zoloft off label. My dad's a doc. So I like to like, you know, prescribe myself things. And I started taking Zoloft. It It worked. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. So now anybody who has gut issues, I'm like, get on some fucking uh, serotonin uptake inhibitors and you will see a major difference. It is because 90% of your serotonin is made in your gut or like 80%. So when I was taking it, I I was in Germany and I'm like, oh my God, this is like my real stomach. It was crazy. Do you know if like certain foods trigger you or like trigger your body? I was on an AIP diet for about a year because of the thyroid. They told me just to like go full AIP. So it was like no grain no soy, no dairy, no egg, nothing. I was basically just eating like tiger nuts, chicken and lettuce. And you know, I mean, it was manageable, but it still wasn't doing enough. Like I still was dealing, struggling. And so, and so finally I just said to my dad, I'm like, what else can I try? He's like, get on Zoloft. I was like, okay. And it worked. Your thyroid, I remember seeing it on Instagram because after I had Ezra, I lost like a massive amount of weight. Oh, yes. I think it was around the same time that you had opened up about your thyroid. Yeah. And I remember showing you being like, Jenny Mullins lost a lot of weight. Like maybe I have a thyroid, something like something's going on too, because it's crazy. Like, did you have that postpartum? Postpartum. Did you get tested? Yeah, I I had nothing wrong. I don't like, I had to do a crazy reaction to breastfeeding. Whoa. Yeah. Mine was like, people started to almost like, you know, at first they're like, Oh, you look great. You just had a baby. And then all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, something's wrong with you. (laughs) You just kept going, going, going. And finally, yeah, actually somebody on Instagram said you should get your thyroid tested because they could see it in the videos in my, on my like, you know, stories. So like your thyroid looks, um, I don't know, inflamed. So are you on medication for it now? Like what, what is, well, so I wasn't, I got off it. I got into remission after about a year and a half. Then I got the second vaccine and within a month I had it again. So I, I was pissed, but now I'm on a super low dose. So I'm, I'm like weaning off again, but yeah, the thyroid stuff is so annoying. And it was hyper, right? Cause hyper. Yeah. Now I had hypo while I was pregnant with Brody. And then afterwards I said, everything was fine. Wow. That's amazing. No. Yeah. I think just uh, breastfeeding just really hit, hit me. Whenever whenever you're pregnant or after pregnant, I think when your hormones are all fluctuating, crazy, crazy it's very fucked up after (laughs) everything is fucked up. It's so true. I know your book is very, I'm so curious because your book is very, I mean, it helped me a lot when I was doing the AIP because it's really low with on the grains and I mean, just like inspiring in that way. Yeah. So I assumed somebody in your family or like, what, how did you start eating this way? And you had Frank Littman, who's like, you know, my New York dad, he's like, oh yeah, I forgot you asked me. Best patient I've ever had. I miss, <laughs> I miss him so much. I, I was seeing him before we got pregnant with Ezra. And I remember when I was there, he told me I like defied medicine. Um, <laughs> he, like he, he, you know, he's very pro like limited gluten, dairy, yeah. lower carbs, uh-huh. et cetera. But I remember him saying to me, like, you're the type of person who needs carbs. Like you need sweet potatoes, you need bread. Like 
my body just like doesn't do well without, um, yeah, yeah, like a higher carb intake. Uh But so when I was in college, I became like obsessed with food in like a, like not in a healthy way. It was just like very fixated on calorie counting. And this was after gaining like freshman, like 15 to 25. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started like cutting out food and was eating like egg whites and pretzels and mustard, like chewy granola bars, like not eating anything that was remotely like nutrient dense or like really fueling my body. Right. And when we, I was at, then I lived in Florence, was afraid of bread and pizza while living in Florence. I don't oh, I hate that. And came home from abroad. And just like, I remember looking in the mirror and just being like, what the hell did you just do to yourself? Like I was like 90 something pounds. I didn't look good. Uh I didn't feel good. And I wanted to start gaining weight and like a, I hate the term healthy, but like like in a better, I wanted a better approach to food. I didn't want to sit there and like binge eat Oreos dipped in peanut butter. I wanted to like eat like stuff that was actually going to fuel my body. So I could stop like roller coaster, like having a roller coaster relationship with food. And that's when I started paying attention to like the ingredients and the food that I was eating. Um, uh-huh. I was, and I became obsessed with like hummus and pita. And uh-huh. I mean, I was in college, like it was really limited options. Yeah. But I started like making overnight oats and granolas yeah. and all different things. And my like obsession with making food and just like realizing that you can have like banana bread and cookies and whatever, but like, it doesn't need to be with like so much sugar and regular yeah, exactly. Foods. Almond flour, oat flour, um, just kind of grew from there. No, I love that. Yeah, Yeah. I I was reading your book thinking like, she must have either someone in the family that has, well, now you have a celiac person, (laughs) but like- I mean, yeah, that was just by chance. Like literally everything she makes is usually by- Yeah. You're psyched. Yeah, everything we make is, everything that we make in the kitchen was basically gluten-free. I would say 90, like my entire cookbook was a hundred, is a hundred percent cook, uh, gluten-free. Yes. I would use sprouted spelt flour. Like we would go out for pizza and stuff and everything here. Now it's a little bit different, but I try and still give my kids gluten, especially because like they're young. Like I don't want to like cut out a food group from them unless they need that. Right. But like on Rosh Hashanah, like I got a challah and he just like doesn't eat it. It's, it's kind of crazy though, because I don't even crave like bread products anymore. Yeah. It's not oh my God, that's so interesting. And I, feel, and I feel so much better. Like I don't even have, like I used to like want pizza or a burger like every right. day. Yeah. I couldn't care less. So it's pretty, it, it is. Do you make like a gluten-free pizza dough? Are you, are you like into gluten-free pizza or do you not even go there? I mean, I don't like it as much because it doesn't have the same. Yeah. It's not the same as it as it was, so like, totally. I don't find myself craving it as much. But like, I'll en- what was that though? We got that uni. Do you have a pizza? Do you have a pizza oven? We did in LA, not here. Do you miss living in LA? No, I hate LA. <laughs> Aren't you from LA? I'm from Arizona originally, uh, but I, I, li- I was in LA for night. I went to UCLA. I mean, I was in. Co- I went to college there. I I lived there for 19 years. Um, and no, I don't miss it though. You don't think you'd ever move back as a family? No, unless Jason's work made me move back. No. So interesting. Yeah, we hate it. But we, you know, being in our industry, it feels like you're a doctor who works at the hospital. It's really shitty. Like you can't go anywhere without having a conversation with somebody about the industry or what pilot you're writing or, you know, who's in development here. It's just, it's so much. It's really mentally just like unhealthy for us. So, 
and I hate the traffic. Yeah, it's true. I always like envision myself living in California. So in some oh, and the air sucks. Like you can't breathe there. <laughs> See, I guess it was See, good that you wouldn't right. leave. Next time Rachel wants to move, I'll just have her call you. Oh my god, I will give you a thousand reasons not to live in LA. I don't want to move anymore. I want to live in like Newport Laguna area, like by the beach, like something like okay. nice, little okay. residential. Um, yeah. I don't think I would fit in in LA at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't really care Newport about or Laguna. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm better up here in my uh, in the in the suburbia. Do you, <laughs> does Jason have to go there a lot for work? Like, do you travel with him when he has stuff for like movies, or do you take? He did a show there and like I say like I'm gonna be fine and then like within like two days I'm resentful and like I hate that he's gone. So like people are always like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? Like, don't you want your husband to do this and that? And I'm like, no, I don't want him to ever work again. My life is like exponentially better when Jason's home. Like I hate when he has to go do something. And they're like, but isn't it cool? He's like on this blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I don't give a fuck. Like the thing that's most annoying about Jason always has been that he's famous. Like that's always been <laughs> born in my side. And when he's home, it's just like, he's such a mother hen. He's literally such an involved parent. He cooks, he cleans, he sits peeing down. He knows what an espadrille is. Like I need him here. <laughs> I don't want him off. Like for me, I was in LA all last week because of the book. And and also I'm adapting my novel as a TV show. So like, I just had to be out in LA. And so the whole time I'm there, I'm thinking, thank God my husband is not off shooting right now because who would be, my mom guilt would be like off the charts. If I have to go off and be somewhere else, I need to know he's at home. (laughs) No, it's true. Did you know that a child's brain is nearly 80% developed by age three and 90% by age five? How insane is that? When I first started solids for Ezra and Brody, they were about five months old, which means that the food and the nutrients from day one of eating solids is so key for their brain development. No pressure, no stress, I know. But that is why I've been obsessed with Sear Belly ever since I found them in stores. They're not loaded with sugar, they're actually nutrient-dense, and they're fueling my kid. Sear Belly is the first science-backed baby food brand that is created by a PhD developmental neurologist. It's like a mouthful for me to even say. Dr. Teresa Persner, and she also happens to be a mama three, so she knows what's up. Sear Belly contains 16 brain-supporting nutrients that are hard to come by for most children within their diets. Like, The ingredients, some of their pouches, like my kids won't eat celery. They won't eat some of these ingredients that they're putting into the pouches, but they'll eat the pouches. It's amazing. And they actually have meaningful amounts of the nutrients in their products. They go through rigorous testing for their metals and toxins, which I'm sure you have learned this can be an issue for many baby food companies. Cerebelli not only sells pouches, but they also sell bars, which are a staple in my kids' daily eats. They love their bars. I love also adding their pouches to different recipes too, like pastas, or you can dip veggies and crackers in it. And everything is great for on the go. You can go into your pantry, your cabinet, grab some pouches, some bars, and take it and run. They're also made with nutrient-dense ingredients that taste amazing. Yes, I have had them too. The pouches and the bars, both phenomenal. And my three-and-a-half-year-old Ezra still requests a pouch every single night before bed. 
So they're not just for infants. And for any parents or guardians or cool aunts or uncles or grandparents or nannies or whoever that happens to be listening to this podcast right now and you want to order Cerebelly for your littles, use my code RACHL20, R-A-C-H-L-20, for 20% off your Cerebelly order, plus you can get another 15% off with the subscribe and save option, which gives you a total of 35% off your order. I'm going to stop blabbling about Cerebelly now, but I think you get the point. Their stuff is legit. Such high quality ingredients. I'm so excited about them and I highly recommend you try them for your littles and enjoy them. Let me know what you think. Now back into the episode. I also think that like I feel bad for the people who marry someone who like can't leave their husbands with their kids. Oh my God. It's so true. Out to dinner. Like, what do you mean your husband doesn't want to put your kid to bed? Like I can leave my children for three months and they'd be fine with yes. Like well, I would have well. You did the right thing. I feel like you like need that. You need like it's good to have like um, a mother father head that like can take God. care of like the house just as well as you could because it's also like less pressure just on one person to like get everything done and make sure like they're in the know of everything. I always say I'm like don't breed with somebody who you think like couldn't do it on their own. Like don't do it. But I'm not afraid of that book, The Rules. You know the Erodsky book, The Rules. No, not the rules. Fair play. Fair play. Oh, what's that? Fair. Well, fair play, you guys don't need it. But like Jason, I don't want him to ever read that book because then he'll discover that like, I'm not doing as much as I should be doing. But it's really a great book for women to give their husbands if they want their husbands to show up more in like the, you know, it's sort of like who's doing the most work in the home and sort of acknowledging that work as being just as valid as like going out and making the money. And so it's it's an incredible book. For women who need that. But for me, I'm like, hide that book from Jason. He may never see it because he's doing both. <laughs> he's making the money and taking care of the kids. <laughs> yeah, we I, must hide that from him. Like in our house, I think like the taking care of the house is sort of split. Like we just did Rosh Hashanah dinner for like Rachel's family. And like I probably did 80% of the cooking. Yeah. So, Amazing. Like I, but like, I also enjoy those things. And like, I mean, yeah. like, I don't know, I'm not like this, like macho dude. That's like, definitely not, not my speed. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't think of those things like, oh, that's like a, that's like a man thing or a thing to do. Right. So, I love that. But like, I grew up in a home where it was like, my dad worked, my mom was home. Mm-hmm. My mom cleaned, she cooked, she did everything. And that's like the opposite of our home. Where did you guys grow up? I'm from uh, Staten Island, New York. Okay. And I'm from the Princeton area. So I'm like 35, 40 minutes from here. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we didn't, we didn't move too far from, from both where we grew up, but like, I mean, Staten yeah. Island is a very interesting place. Have you ever been to Staten Island? I feel like maybe I've been out there, but not, I, I, I want to go <laughs> like, I want to go like, actually, like I have a girlfriend who's from there. She's no Jenny. You need to experience it with me. A local It's a different yeah. vibe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't even call myself a local. I definitely live in like a very secluded bubble on on the island. But um, that's interesting. But, I mean, my family's still there. Yeah, so. oh, nice. Yeah, so we, I mean, I don't really frequent Staten Island that much. I lived there for a little while with Jordan and his family before we got married to save money and whatever. But yeah. so, I mean, it's one of the boroughs. You got to go check it out. Do we got to go. Yeah, I have to. I know, but I want to talk more about dictator the dictator lunches because. 
I think a lot of my followers, listeners, everyone's a mom or has kids or is obsessed with kids or like making lunches or packing. Like the ideas that you have, you like you literally pack for yourself and bring them to work or to school or whatever. It's not really just for kids. So tell us about the book. Like what can someone find inside um, and why did you write it? Well, so I wrote it because, well, I, I started this Instagram account as a joke at first. I mean, I'm, I was sitting there at night, just bored in my kitchen, putting these lunches together. And I have always been very focused on, on food and, and, and healthy eating. And, you know, my father wrote books on diet and exercise. I mean, I guess it was sort of my, my destiny to end up in this space, but, um, I started the Instagram just because I thought, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm annoying people constantly posting what my kid is having for lunch every day and how much of it he's eaten. And then it started to build into this other thing that I was stunned by because every time I'd go somewhere for press to do something else more related to my real life, inevitably it would come back to dictator lunches. Everybody wanted to talk about the dictator lunches thing. <laughs> and I kept saying to Jason, like, this is a, this started out as a joke. I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't see it. What are they, what is so I'm, I'm left-handed. I was anorexic, dyslexic, and a theater major. Like, who does anybody want my opinion on fucking making lunches? And, um, after about, I don't know, it had been a couple of years. I said to him, I think this could be a book because I knew the book space enough, you know, to know, all right, there might be a book here, but what is it? It's not a cookbook. It, it's maybe it's a coffee table book. I don't know. And then I just kind of let it keep going, let it keep going. And once I, I read this book that kind of changed how I saw it, it was called that cheese plate will change your life. It was this book that did really well. And it was all about like curation more than it was, you know, here's like how you eat. Yeah. And that's when I kind of went, all right, I I get it now. This is a paint by numbers. This is like teaching somebody how to put it together, what you need. And then it has like, you know, my weird tone where I'm basically talking shit about my kids throughout the book (laughs) and just telling, you know, like weird little, little stories. Uh, And then the recipe part really was the last component to come. And I worked with a recipe developer. I knew that there were things that I liked to make, but I didn't know how I was making them. I mean, like, I was like, what does a taste, what does a teaspoon even look like? I'm just throwing a dash in a dash of this blending shit, hoping it comes together. So this woman, Michelle helped me do the math. When people are like, don't sneak vegetables into your kid's diet. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I don't know any kids that just eat a pile of spinach. Like I'm sneaking spinach into every, I don't tell, I tell them there's spinach in it. Yes. Like it's an easy way to just get them to eat some vegetables. Oh, I Um, love it. I love when there's like a secret win for me. I also love like just putting spinach on the side. I know they're not going to eat it, but I like making them look at it. Like exposing them to it kind of. You don't have to see it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it's Brody, it, Ezra would definitely choose like everything but the spinach and then eat it. But like, it, what's interesting is like Brody, the other day we gave him Kugel chicken and whatever else at dinner and he only ate the chicken. I'm like, you have a plate with Kugel on it. Like, my kids hate Kugel too. And I have the bombest Kugel recipe from my aunt. Well, again, I didn't create it. It's my aunt's recipe, but it's in my book and my kids don't like it. How? What do you not like about Kugel? It's no, neat. someone who doesn't like Kogel is no, they're like illegal. Like, I mean, you tried giving my kids matzo ball soup uh, on Sunday and they didn't eat matzo ball soup. Like, are you alive? Like, I don't get it. 
I don't get it either. Sometimes I think it's a consistency thing at a younger yeah. age um, with like well, the matzah. But also, like I was thinking about me, like sometimes you said they're in the mood for something and sometimes they're in the mood, but and sometimes they're not. Who is yeah. in the mood for but I've presented Kugel on various high holidays and never at, they don't want it. That's yeah. I love then But then yesterday we gave it to them for lunch and they ate it. So it's just like, you just never really know. Um, what are some of your like never fail lunches that like, you know, are going to come back and the lunchbox will be empty. Well, Halloween is such a fun time, right? Cause like they just love, they're so entertained by like taking the spinach wrap and making him into like a, making the quesadilla or burrito into a Frankenstein. They love that kind of stuff. Or like um, when I'm doing, I'll do like a little graveyard, whether it's like granola or sometimes it's like black beans, whatever. And then I take those two little toasts, you know, those little, you can get them at Trader Joe's. They're like, they're like those little French toasts. They're tiny. They look like just a tiny piece of toast. No, it's like a cracker. And it comes in like a pack. Oh, like the cracker, like they're like seed crackers. No, they're like toast crackers and they look literally like a tiny. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Get those. Get those. Take some sun butter or whatever you want to use as your adhesive, honey, oh, whatever. And put some, put like either like a little, you can put anything on the front. Like I'll take sometimes like the thing off of them. You know, like you can buy them, they're off the cupcakes. They're like, looks like little dots of sugar. And so I just yeah, yeah, yeah. put that on the front and then I stick those in black beans. So it looks like it's like a graveyard. They look like little tombstones. <laughs> they go nuts and then they'll eat the black beans just because they're like, oh, you know, they get involved in the story of it. And then I can get them to kind of go for more things. Also, whenever I do, I have like a, uh, I make this a lot for dinner, but I'll take sweet peppers and put like all like the meat on top of it, but not cooking the pepper changes the game for me. And they're almost like little spoons instead of, you know, a cooked pepper with meat inside, gross, yeah. like, no way, texturally not happening. But if I just take the sweet pepper, make them almost little boats and then just put meat, taco meat on top, they eat them like spoons. Those are always easy. My coconut rice, I'm telling you, if you make two things from the book that I think are bomb, yeah, you'll love because it's really up your alley, just like with the kind of flowers and everything. The, the, the apple muffins I have in the book, killer, 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 so good. Then my coconut rice, it's like a Guatemalan version. It's so like my mouth waters when I talk about it. It's so good. I love coconut rice. I have to see it. We and love it's coconut. better than like the top, like my girlfriend has a book that just came out. I like her coconut rice. It's good, but I think this one's better. And she's You're really hyping this up. She's I way better it. stuff than I am. Oh my God. This, I just opened up to a rice panda. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen. And that shit's easy too. That's just like a, a rice mold. It We're makes me look so much more professional. Yeah. Jordan's like gonna kill me because we've been making so much Halloween stuff. Like this is where I really thrive in life. Is oh Halloween. yeah, Halloween oh is the best. The best. There's so yeah. much food stuff you can do for Halloween. I know. And I've really- also learned there's a lot of decor things you could do too. Oh no, is your house decked? Oh my god. He goes <laughs> <laughs> like. I grew up in a home where my family was like not very into holidays. Like, like not, I don't, I don't know. We observed holidays and loved them, but it wasn't like, like, like holiday sweaters. Like it wasn't like cheesy stuff. Yeah. Halloween, my family did not mess around. Like we, you wouldn't even recognize my house growing up. There was so much decor outside, but it was really just like that for Halloween and the inside. Then my mom would do like snowmen for winter or whatever. But like, 
I'm, I'm just used to that. And then I, when I lived with Jordan and his family, they didn't even hand out candy to trick or treaters. I'm like, your family is like, like the Grinch of Halloween. Like this is pathetic. (laughs) So much decor up to Ezra was giving my brother a tour of the Halloween decor around the house of like, Oh, this is for this light. And like, these are the bats and I'm not done. I'm going, I heard the dollar tree is where it's at. So I'm going to go there, try and go later today because I heard that they're going to, they're going to switch over for um, Christmas soon. Wait. Okay. So my, my friend Liz Vaccarelli, she lives in Jersey her, she yes. used to run Parents Magazine. Her husband is Halloween. Obs- You've got to follow her. you got to see their house right now. Her We're husband. Go find it. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you offline where she is. But you got to <laughs> go. Her husband starts like he's already started. So what is it? September 25th. He was like on it. It is out of it's like out of control. You will appreciate it on like the deepest level. But she it drives her crazy. And every year. She's like, oh my God, it's, it's begun. And he does a giant, a giant, like haunted house for everybody in the neighborhood on Halloween that like cannot be missed. Oh, oh, cool. oh my God. Tell me what town they live in. I'm I'm gonna, gonna, yeah. Yeah. I need to meet you over there. I'll take you on to take you through. <laughs> I would love that. We have like a skeleton hanging from our roof right now, like a spider web and it's, it's decked down and at seven o'clock last night, I decided that we're hosting a Halloween party for adults only on like the Saturday of Halloween weekend and sent invitations out at nine o'clock. I was like, I'm so here for this. I'm going to make all themed like snacks and things and whatever. Half my friends are pregnant. So it's not going to be like that much of a rager. Yeah, but, like, right. I love the holiday. It's just so fun. And like, like so fun. food. I like to your point, like we packed Ezra, like a, a hard boiled egg and like sliced it so it looked like a mummy and stuff today. I'm oh. curious if he actually ate it because usually I, how do you slice the hard boiled egg to look like a mummy? That's a good one. I just like instead of doing like straight lines, it kind of just did like angled lines. And oh. then you kind of like halfway put it back together. So oh my like, god, that is good. That's a good right. So yeah. good. You yeah. guys have the kiwi, the kiwi Frankenstein. I saw them in your book. I know I need to do yeah, that. I'm going to study that, uh, that chapter today. I'm excited. Now we're going to do a lot more. Um, and then tell me about your book becoming a TV show. Yes. Yeah, so, so city of likes, um, is my novel that came out in June. That's like my third child, to be honest. I mean, that thing took me four years to make, and I'm writing the show. I have Diablo Cody attached. We're doing it for Sony. And, um, and yeah, hopefully it'll shoot in New York. Because if I put Jason in it, it has to be in New York. <laughs> you <laughs> think he's gonna be in it? He'll do you think I think he'll be in it? Want him to be in it? Yeah, but I won't make him a lead character because he can't work all the time. He can only work part time. So Jenny wrote actually, why don't you explain yeah. to Jordan's city of likes? Because like I, I know about I, it. I, but, I read about it. Oh, you did? Okay. Well, tell the, tell the listeners about yeah, it. I want to hear about really it. Cool I, I would also like to hear about the process of like taking it from novel to, to like screenplay. That's pretty cool. Well, so I come from film and TV. So that's kind of the easier yeah. part for me. The, the hard thing for me is the publishing world is like navigating that and having to like prove to these people that I wasn't just an actress who wrote memoirs. I don't think that they liked, I don't know. I just, don't, I don't think that I was really embraced as a fiction writer um, so the, it was a, a lot of it fell on me to kind of like make that book happen. But, um, before it came out, I had already, I made a deal and I already had, I had given 
several chapters to Sony where I had my, my first book was, we did a, we did that as a TV show for ABC. And so I had given them chapters to look at and they thought, well, because, you know, I don't know, maybe because it's me, they thought, oh, it's going to be a comedy. We'll send it to the comedy department. And then they read the book and they're like, oh, this is a one hour. This is a drama. So I ended up making the deal with the drama department and now we're working on the pitch. We're going to take it out to, um, you know, different networks to figure out like where it would live. But it's a, it's a show basically about, you know, influencer moms in lower Manhattan. It, it reminds me of like, almost like kind of like gossip girls, like, I don't know, edgier, older sister. It's a little mean girls. It's a little Heathers. If you ever saw the movie Heathers, it's definitely a satire that kind of skews, skewers um, like millennial motherhood and like our obsession with self and, it, you know, t- deals with like class and I don't, it's definitely, it's fun. It's fun, but it's some crazy turns. There's some, some real like surprises. No, I have to read, but I've heard the book is amazing. A lot of my friends have read it and they thought it was hysterical. Oh, thank um, you. I think also knowing a lot of like backstory of things, like I'll share with like the influencer space or just like things like how they're not as perfect and like, you know, oh, yeah. curated as they seem to be, but yes. I think that's, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing to be able to turn that into a TV show. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, you know, it's, it's weird to get like almost, it's almost for me just like icing on the cake because I, as a writer, it's like the, it exists now in the world, like nobody can change it. And there's something so fulfilling about that, like almost for me more so than, than like turning it into a show uh, now I have to like let go of the reins a little bit, like let other people have an opinion because with the book, you know, I mean, as you know, you've written books, it's like, you're playing God, you're in charge of everything. Do you have a but vision of like who all the characters will look like, like who they should be played by? Like in your dream? Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Like, I think that Daphne is maybe, you know, has like a, either like a, a like a Blake Lively kind of vibe or maybe, um, there's this actress Shay Mitchell, you know, somebody like that. And then Meg is more like a, like a Dakota Johnson or even, um, uh, I don't know, somebody more like fragile and a little bit more, um, jaded on some level. (laughs) And then I picture the, you know, some of the other women to be just, you know, I want to get like some great character actresses in there who can just really give me that Tribeca mom that we all hate. (laughs) That's amazing. That's Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. So are you going on more of a tour for dictator lunges? No, I have to go on Drew Barry. I have Drew Barry more next week. And then I'm sort of done for a while. I promised some people I'm going to do an event, I think with the well, which will be cool. Do you know the well? Yeah. Isn't Littman behind that? He is randomly. Yeah. yeah very so I'm going to do, I'm going to do something with the well. Uh, and then that's kind of it for a while. I'm so happy to be done. I'm ready. I never intended to do these two books so close together. And it does feel like when you're trying to sell a book, I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like I'm running for class president where you're just like begging and imploring yes. people to please post my book, please buy my book. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it's not. I 
I didn't like thrive with that process. Like I really oh. was just so uncomfortable being mm-hmm. like, annoying. can you order this? Can you post about it? Can you do this? And like, I hate asking people for favors that like, it yeah. made me so like uneasy having to do it. But my book yeah. came out in Mar- uh, February, 2020. So it was like the worst time ever to have a book come out. Yeah. February 25th, like literally yeah. two weeks. Her book launch party was February 25th, 2020. But I did the book do well because everybody was home cooking? Um, I think it did okay. Like, I think it did as well as you expect your first cookbook to do. But like, actually, Littman told me this when I, I remember walking into his office when I got my book deal and I was like, I'm writing a cookbook with Clarkson Potter. Like, da, 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 like this yeah. is amazing. He's like, Rachel, I'm going to tell you a little piece of advice. You don't write a book to make money. You write yeah, a no. book for notoriety. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's a hundred percent true. But I feel like now, and I'm sure you notice this as well, like, cause you've been, especially in like the literary space for a hell of longer than I was, but like everyone now is writing a cookbook and I'm just like, what is going on? Like now I feel like that's almost like getting lost in like, from like the food influencer space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always said down the road, we'll maybe do like another one that's more family oriented. But I wrote that book yeah. when I didn't have kids. Like my whole life is different now. Totally. Oh my um, God. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Because so many of the recipes are so great for kids. They are, but it wasn't like marketed like that. So I think that yeah. like, you know, like it's all about how you're like positioning your book to be. And like, there's a whole yeah. chapter about cooking for one person. So like, no, one, it's just like a little different. Yeah. But I think down the road, I'd want to do a book that's like about cooking for like you and your family. Yes, totally. Along those lines. But that's why I resonated so well with your book because nothing brings me happiness more than packing Ezra's lunch. I, I love doing it, but so many moms hate it. I know. I'm like, why? It's fun. I think it's like scrapbooking. <laughs> I like, don't, exactly. I don't do anything maternal that's like scrapbooky. I don't make them cute cards. Like I don't do that stuff. I will pack you a killer lunch and yes. a nice little note that says, I love you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yes. That's me too. I'm not doing any of the other stuff. No, this is my love language. If this if my love language. is my love language, making people food. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Jenny, I, this knew was- I really related to you. I knew it just from reading your book. I was like, this person is, is my person. Well, when you I saw your Instagram account called dictator lunches, like I legitimately call Ezra a dictator or a terrorist <laughs> podcast, but I, he's just, that's just his name. That's his personality. And the fact that somebody else openly says that, because like, when I say that people look at me, like I'm crazy and inappropriate. Like, totally. <laughs> it's actually yeah, it's true. It's true. We just have to like be more open about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh my God. Thank you guys for having me. We're going to go to the house. We got to go to the haunted house together. I would love that yes. so much. I'm write you about that. Um, can you tell everyone where they could find you and your books and everything where they can get all the Jenny Mullen scoops? Yes. So I'm at Dictator Lunches on Instagram and then also dictatorlunches.com and then I'm Jenny Mullen on Instagram as well and jennymullen.com. 